0: This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media
1: organization, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.
2: Joyful, joyful. You're in the Spirit Lounge on Joy 94.9. This is the show where we talk
3: about spirituality and sexuality for our community. Good evening, you're on the Spirit Lounge on Joy 94.9. And you're joining Mark and
2: Claudine. Claudine.
3: And Rachel. And our special guest, Philip, who we'll be talking to a little bit later on in the show um, about Lutheranism. But uh, thanks to Steph and Clayton for Stand Up Straight tonight. That was really good. We might get started. We have two holy days of the week this week. Are you going to sing or are we going to hear recording tonight? Uh,
1: I think we'll just um, go for the theme song tonight. (laughs)
3: And thanks for that Rachel So we have two holidays of the week today One's a very solemn day and the others are the other end of the spectrum So we might start off with the more solemn day And then we'll move across to the more happier day if we like So today is uh, the Jewish festival of Yom HaShoah um, Yom HaShoah commemorates the Holocaust uh, And it's, an, it's a national day of mourning in Israel and in the Jewish world in um, All over the uh, the Jewish world across the world um, so the Yom Jewish ha- community? The Jewish That's, community, yeah. thank you. I'm really stumbling <laughs> with that tonight. It's a bit of a struggle, isn't it? Anyhow, so Yom HaShoah is a day of commemoration. In Israel, um, at, uh, in the morning, or at sundown first, and then in the morning of the following day, they sound sirens for two days. Uh, for two days, goodness me. For two minutes... Um, which stops traffic and people get out of their car and stand silently. It's quite a moving sort of moment in Israel. You'll see lots of footage on YouTube because it's such a phenomenon. So you'll see um, highways where people just literally stop in the middle of the highway and hop out of their car. Um, So it's quite a a big thing in terms of right across the Jewish world. In terms of what we would do locally is um, there is no set service for today. So synagogues may market in their own way depending on the... On their local practice There's certainly some communal events That have happened overnight and today That um, mark Yom HaShoah Now Yom in Hebrew is day Ha is the or of the And Shoah means catastrophe or disaster um, And that's simply what Yom HaShoah means It's usually marked by this lining of at minimum, six candles, but it depends on some of the other communities. For example, the community where I go to, um, I think we light eight now off the top of my head. Um, so it's one for each of the six million Jewish lives that, um, or Jews that were exterminated. That's an attributed number, not an actual number. And then another candle for, um, usually for Romney, is the next one that they attribute to. And then another candle for all the other people, which includes our community, LGBTIQ community, but also people with a disability, mm-hmm. um, political activists, a, a whole range of people. So um, it's, it, it does go beyond just the Jewish community, but it is primarily marked by the Jewish community. So that's Yom HaShoah. It is a day of, sol- of, of solemn reflection. Um, lots of different ways of celebrating, just depending on how you are in the community. Uh, I just thought that I would just if I, I'm going to read a quote we had an email come out from um, uh, the synagogue today and of course I can't find it when I want it just to mark um, what today is and it's important so and in, in, in this email uh, I'm sure Rabbi Lazaro won't mind me using what he wrote he's quoted um, uh, the Nobel laureate Ali Weisel who said the opposite of love is not hate it's indifference the opposite of art is not ugliness, it's indifference. The opposite of faith is not heresy, it's indifference. And the opposite of life is not death, it's indifference. And that goes to the point that the Holocaust happened th- started a lot through indifference. People were indifferent to what was happening and things gathered, uh, gathered momentum and we ended up with a quite a huge calamity that has impacted and continues to impact the world to this day, so that's Yom HaShoah. It is a day of solemnity. We're going to move on to uh, to our next holy day of the week, which is on the other end of the spectrum. And Claudine's going to have a bit of a chat about.
0: Absolutely. So um, today's also the Feast of the Ascension in the Christian Church, and this commemorates an event described at the start of the Acts of the Apostles, which is the book of the Bible that deals with the first years of the Church after Jesus' resurrection. It's celebrated today on the 40th day of the Easter season. That's right. Easter doesn't end for another 10 days. So keep eating your eggs and chocolate. Um, So because Acts says that after Jesus' resurrection, he remained with his disciples for another 40 days. And at the end of this time, the book says, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of the disciples' sight. And they saw two men in white robes standing by. And they said, why do you stand looking up towards heaven? Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So Ascension is one of the major feasts of the church and has been celebrated since the 4th or 5th century of the Common Era. It's observed by Orthodox, Catholic and mainline Protestant churches. So it's really quite a, a universal Christian feast. Uh, Some churches now move it to the following Sunday to make it easier for parishioners to attend. Uh, It's sometimes a bit of work getting to church on a weekday if you're working late or presenting a radio show, for example. (laughs) Uh, So as as people will will know, I took Maundy Thursday off. as It's really one of the most three holy days of the Christian year. Um, I was actually confirmed on Ascension Day about 20, not quite 20 years ago. Um, So normally I, I would have some sort of observance today but i'll just wait for sunday this time so the significance of ascension is to reinforce jesus divine nature and to point towards the arrival of the holy spirit in um in this section in acts jesus says to his disciples john baptized with water that's john the baptist but you will be baptized with the holy spirit not many days from now and the Holy Spirit will be celebrated in the Feast of Pentecost, which is in 10 days. And we'll probably talk a bit about that in our Holy Day section next week. There's a few interesting traditions around Ascension Day, including blessing beans and grapes. wasn't quite sure about the significance of the beans and grapes. And in England, there's a tradition called beating the bounds, which you go about um, actually beating um bushes around the boundaries of the local parish and um and I, that's that's something that I've heard a lot about in the Anglican church but it's not really observed in Australia as much as in England and it's also associated with the Christian labor mo- movement possibly because it's close to um or at least in in this year it's it's actually close to may day so I think that's quite a quite a coincidence Um, Ascension is is a bit rather mystical But it's had a lot of impact on art And this being um, a radio show I can't show you all the paintings and images But there's um, quite a standard image of Jesus flying up to heaven As there's a group of ordinary people looking up at him in wonder And it's also given us um, a great musical tradition And we'll hear an example of this shortly that was a bit different. You're on the Spirit Lounge on Joy 94.9. That was the opening chorus of Lobet Gott in Seinen Reichen," or Praise God in His Kingdoms, known as the Ascension Oratorio by Johann Sebastian Bach. And the music of J.S. Bach and his family are one of the great cultural legacies of Lutheranism. Tonight we're going to learn all about Lutheranism, Lutherans in Australia, and where the Lutheran Church is up to with LGBTI issues. And helping us with this is Philip Teal, who is, among other things, a Lutheran pastor's son, a podcaster, and a high school teacher, and about 20 other things. Welcome to the Spirit Lounge, Philip.
2: Thank you, Claudine, and thanks for rolling out the equivalent of a Lutheran red carpet with that track. I feel really (laughs) at home.
0: (laughs) So, just to um, start with some background, um, how long has has your family been been Lutheran?
2: On my father's side, since they first came to Australia and beyond into the mists of time, my mother is a migrant from Scotland, so from a different tradition. Um, But it's true that on my father's side of the family, there's this elaborate family tree full of pastors, teachers in Lutheran schools missionaries and such like it's really a major part of my heritage
0: and what's your involvement with the lutheran church now if if any
2: i feel culturally very connected to australian lutherans Mm -hmm. i feel too that um spirituality and sexuality are both things that i find difficult to unchoose um i am a passionate christian um, much more ecumenical, perhaps, than some other members of my family. Um, but it's one of those parts of my identity that you really can't get rid of, no matter how hard you scratch.
1: <laughs> Can I just clarify something? By being less ecumenical than your family, does that mean yet less traditional, or
2: what I mean by that is that I flirt with other brands of Christianity a okay. bit more enthusiastically.
1: <laughs> Excellent.
0: So, um, for for those who may not know, and um, and we'll talk about why many people in Australia may not know much about Lutheranism but before that, um, what what is Lutheranism? L- Lutheranism, I can't even get it out today. Yeah,
2: well, it takes its name from the great original reformer Martin Luther and refers to a worldwide denomination in the Protestant tradition that is perhaps not quite as well known in Australia as it is in some other countries. Uh, Scandinavian countries in particular have very strong Lutheran churches and traditions. Uh, It originated, though, in Germany and remains um, a really major Christian tradition from Europe. Um, Lutherans moved throughout the world and in Australia... Uh, mostly to the colony of South Australia in the 1830s and 40s. So when we uh, share a bottle of red from the Barossa, that's another way, along with listening to the music of Bach, that we can connect to that heritage of Lutheranism here.
0: So that's something that's very accessible to a lot of us, I think. So who, um, who was Martin Luther?
2: Martin Luther was a monk and a theologian. Um, and a man of conviction. Uh, he's remembered as somebody who was eccentric enough um, to take his own ideas about God seriously, famously, nailing his ideas to the outside of a building for everybody to debate and Mm -hmm. respond to. Um, But followers of Martin Luther, his friends and those who came after him, saw themselves as moving away from the Roman Catholic Church based on their beliefs that they saw as, to an extent, incompatible with that tradition, thereby uh, leading to the period we know as the Reformation.
0: So is it... Is it right to say that uh, Martin Luther founded a new church or is that something that was more about future generations.
2: He's so influential. Um, I mean, you can nitpick to an extent, but it was fundamentally the ideas of Martin Luther that drove that movement that became the Protestant Reformation. Um, And he was such a prolific writer and thinker, wonderfully uh, flamboyant and ironic and self-contradictory at times, but you could really chew on the words that he wrote uh, very happily for a long time.
0: So why um, why don't we hear much about Lutheran's in Australia? When um, I know that you know, there's they're well re- represented in South Australia, but have they not really moved outside of of that?
2: They, they have. Um, there are populations in Queensland and in the western part of Victoria in particular. And in the education system, Lutherans fairly quickly moved into founding and maintaining schools. So there are lots of people educated at Lutheran schools. Um, I guess the reason that it's not so mainstream, particularly in Melbourne, is that Protestant denominations often reflect ethnic and cultural groupings, perhaps more than their theological distinctions. Um, And Melbourne is a great Anglican town. Mm -hmm. I work in an Anglican school now. Um, This colony was um, founded by people who were strongly connected to England, also Catholics from Ireland, but those German Lutherans were not quite as um, represented. Uh, You can actually trace the different histories of colonies around Australia, partly through the types of religions Mm -hmm. that have become established in the different cities around this country.
0: So for Lutherans in Australia, is there still a sense of um, that ethnic... Um, identity being tied up with being Lutheran?
2: I think so, yeah. And I um, identify strongly as German as well as Lutheran. Mm -hmm. Um, It's true that even to this day, there's a lot of socialising and networking uh, in churches and at universities and schools um, that leads to many families having two partners in them, Mm -hmm. both from that Lutheran Uh, background. So the way that this particular denomination seems to be surviving is at least in part within families that strongly establish a sense of cultural identity as well as theological identity as well.
0: So is it still going strong in in Australia?
2: Nothing's really going strong.
0: (laughs) But are there, well, let's say, are there still... Relatively young people.
2: There are, water, there water. are, and the thing that seems to survive is that sense of identity. Um, there are enough people in my generation who believe in the uh, uniqueness or the significance of this particular tradition for it to be maintained.
1: I have a question. Do you see many people from um, either non-religious backgrounds or maybe other Christian backgrounds uh, becoming? Part of the Lutheran Church, or is it more so uh, you get brought up with those beliefs and that's what you stick with?
2: I think some congregations manage to make connections beyond their community, and over time, that's going to become more and more essential if they would like to survive. The other thing that's happening is that. Lutheran people from around the world are coming to Australia as migrants, including in relatively recent waves of migration. So often you will have a single church building that accommodates a number of separate groups within it, worshipping in different languages, but sharing this sense of global Lutheran identity.
1: Okay. That leads me to another question. Um, if I was had moved to a town, say I, I moved to South Australia and I wanted to find a local church, would I distinctively know walking into a Lutheran church that it is different to maybe a, a different type of church that I might walk into?
2: Not necessarily. No, they've got that nice um, plainness and familiarity. Uh, You might see a stone marking the founding of the church that's written in German, Mm -hmm. Um, but that sense of church pews, cross at the front, relatively plain Jane with a pulpit is what you get within this tradition.
1: And are most Lutheran churches quite traditional in terms of hymns and um, structure?
2: (laughs) Uh, most actually have gone down the path of attempting to appeal to a range of different worshippers. Okay. So there will be um, at all Lutheran churches around Australia a so-called traditional service with hymns, organ, uh, a relatively long and thought-provoking sermon. Um, but alongside that, things that are a bit more contemporary, family-friendly, Uh, noisy or reflective. So there's room for variety within Protestantism in terms of the way that a worship service is organised, and you can find that kind of variety.
0: And where do um, these more recent groups of migrants um, come from, or what what countries?
2: There are new arrivals to Australia who are Lutheran um, from African countries, from China and Hong Kong. Um, There are worship services in mandarin chinese held at numerous lutheran churches around melbourne for example
0: okay so i had no idea that there were chinese lutherans how did that and why should there
2: be it is a bit (laughs) mysterious the way that christians in their fragmented denominational groupings continue to operate in different countries around the world where you may not expect to find too many of them pretty strictly along denominational lines
0: so i was going to ask earlier so are there um uh, you know germany had I think it had some colonies in in Africa, but where does the Chinese connection come in?
2: I think recently through a sense of um, global mission activity by different Protestant groups, including Lutherans.
0: Okay, so there's continuing Lutheran missions to China.
2: I I have a friend who has become a translator of the Bible and (laughs) is currently living in a really remote corner of PNG. So I've got this firsthand sense that old-school missionizing is definitely still a practice. Of course, it's developed and evolved um, and is done very differently to how it would have been done even 30 or 40 years ago. Um, but that kind of activity is really still a possibility for people and an active thing that's going on around the world.
3: We're talking tonight to Philip, who's a member of the Lutheran Church, among um, a host of other things. If you have any questions for Philip, please uh, SMS us on oh four two seven joy nine four nine or you can email us on air at joy dot org dot a u or you can of course send us a message via the joy app if you 're listening to the app. I was just listening to you Philip talking earlier about um, how lutheranism is about an, an, a, almost like a cultural identity as much as it is a religion. I was thinking back to my university days when I um, infamously played a couple of seasons on the Lutheran mixed netball team. But I can just remember I went to a very small university and it, it sort of makes me think about, because at the time I just assumed it was something that the local minister, was pastor was doing, i wonder whether it, there might be more to the story about why there was a Lutheran mixed netball team at my very tiny university, like whether it's a cultural Ballarat? thing. Was this Ballarat? Uh, I went to, yeah, but I went to yeah. the Catholic university there.
2: It's so heartening to hear that. It takes me back actually to my grandfather's Lutheran tennis club. I think lots of sport is being played in the name of Martin Luther around this country.
0: There have been, you know, I know that there are Catholic tennis clubs and Anglican tennis clubs as well.
2: Well, the Lutheran Netball Club of Murray Bridge is very strong. My sister (laughs) played and won with that um, great institution. But it's definitely familiar to me to hear stories of what is ultimately cultural practice being badged with this particular denomination. I don't know if it's overrepresented in this way, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is. There's something about that group of German people who went to the other side of the world that is maintained culturally, both through their religious practices, but also their social practices and their family connections.
3: Yeah, it's, an, it's an interesting. I was just thinking back, every one of the Lutheran students that I knew was Lutheran played on the netball team, and there wasn't quite enough to make up a full squad. So they co-opted in a couple of odds and bods to sort of make up the, the team. So it sort of captures that, which I think is really, really interesting. In terms of the Lutheran Church in Australia, what's what's its, let's start off with women. What's its stance on women? How are women treated in the in the church?
2: The discussion about women at the moment is very focused on ordination um, and whether women and men can both or all be be ordained. Um, at the moment, the meetings of the church are voting in favour of the ordination of women in terms of a clear majority, Um, but there is an interesting rule that requires a two-thirds majority for this uh, change to take place. So unlike most Lutheran churches around the world and most Protestant denominations in Australia, the Lutheran Church of Australia continues to only ordain men. Um, And there is a real weariness within Lutheranism about this from Lutherans who would love to have seen women ordained already for many decades, if not longer. Um, The stalwart activists on behalf of women's ordination are now in, in increasing numbers reaching their 60s, their 70s, and still not seeing women ordained in the Lutheran Church of Australia. While, as I said, all over the world, it is just standard practice, really, within other Lutheran churches.
1: So are there women in other leadership positions within the church? They're just not ordained or is there, or are they still um, less in leadership?
2: Well, one feature of Lutheranism, at least in Australia, is a focus on ordination as significant, not only in terms of working in the church, but also leading the church. Uh, So as soon as you get up to the level of pastor and beyond. It's essentially men talking to each other and making decisions, uh, which is more and more anachronistic and uncomfortable, obviously.
0: So does this make it harder for the church to attract younger members or keep younger members?
2: Well, it makes it harder for them to maintain my interest in staying a member of the church. And, yeah, I mean, anybody from our generation entering an organisation that still so explicitly um, favours one sex, gender over another, uh, is, is deeply problematic. Um, but for somebody like me, it gives me this increased awareness of the global nature of the Lutheran denomination. It gives me strong theological connections to some of the American Lutheran churches and Scandinavian Lutheran churches who are doing the kind of theology that I identify with more strongly than the theological discussions currently going on in Australia.
1: So if a woman was ordained uh, in the Lutheran Church in another country and came to Australia, would that ordination then become... Irrelevant. It like, would be
2: really uncomfortable to, yeah. to host somebody like that. And those people okay. obviously are hosted here uncomfortably. Yeah. Um, and the graciousness with which so many ordained women have visited the Lutheran Church of Australia uh, while being excluded formally from preaching and administering the sacraments in the church is really embarrassing and tragic.
1: Yeah. And so do they do you think that they come to Australia with the intention of hopefully seeing that hey I am a, a great leader you guys should do this thing, do you think that is their intention?
2: Uh, Quite possibly. And within the theology of the Lutheran Church, like in many other traditions, there is a sense of vocation around the priesthood. There is this sense that some people are really called to play this role within the church. Um, And that call is obviously heard by all kinds of people. Um, But the institution of the Lutheran Church of Australia continues to pretend that it isn't.
0: Wow. So, while we're on controversial topics, what's the um, what's the position of LGBTI people and the the kind of topics that we talk about
2: in yeah. marriage
0: and ordination and so on?
2: Interestingly, the um, segue works really, sadly but nicely, insofar as the discussion about the ordination of women is often couched in terms of containing that debate to gender identity only. We might entertain the possibility of voting on whether women should be ordained, but obviously that won't mean anything further or different. Um, and so it's it's a way that the discussion about sexuality can be blocked because we haven't yet fully and properly had what is seen as a prior discussion. About gender identity. Recently, though, in Adelaide there was a meeting uh, where we heard from a bishop of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in Australia, who spoke really warmly and positively about what's going on over there um, and Sorry, how. Sorry,
0: in Australia or? America? Well,
2: he he's from New York. The bishop of New York in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in Australia visited us, um, and it was America. wonderful from America.
0: Sorry, you were saying... Thank
2: you, yeah, oh, from the, the United Israeli. States, yeah. The
0: Lutheran Church in New
2: America. York, Victoria, yes, no, from <laughs> from America. In any case, the meeting was so heartening um, and and showed that there was enough people willing to simply essentially stage a meeting, despite the fact that the church wasn't really moving on that question.
0: So it's not really something that is even a possibility for the church to vote on at this stage? Or just, you're just starting to... Listen,
2: Well, and there are bigger, more urgent questions about how gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, intersex people are actually uh, worked with and for by the mm-hmm. church. um in In some ways, the question about ordination is not that interesting mm-hmm. to people with no interest in being ordained. Mm-hmm. What is interesting is how individual Lutheran congregations respond to the diverse communities in their midst. Um, and that itself can be really slowed down tragically by those other discussions.
0: So, are there, church, are there Lutheran churches in Australia where it would, would be acceptable or safe to just for a member of the congregation to to be openly gay, to be out there?
2: There would be some. Although at this meeting that I was referring to, there were still people uh, very closely closeted from their congregations. And I found that sad. Mm. There were people who were contributing to the life of the church by being musicians, ushers, Mm. people who arranged the flowers, people who actually had their sleeves rolled up and were working for that religious community who did not feel able to be out especially to the leaders of that church community. I presented at this conference and spoke very openly about my own identity as a gay person and as a Lutheran, but it was a little bit like preaching to the choir, mm-hmm. right? Like the event was attended only by those who were already predisposed to be ready for that kind of presentation.
0: So, you're, But you're at least at the stage where you can identify some people who are open to the conversation,
2: I think things are moving in a good direction. Yeah, I, I feel as a member of the Lutheran Church of Australia that, that, that we lag in some ways, and so we can actually look to discussions within our, within other Protestant denominations five or ten years earlier for our cues. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and we'll hear more about those other denominations in around the world. You're on a Spirit Lounge on Joy ninety four point nine.
1: The Junction is a place for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, intersex, queer and questioning young people and their friends to get together and talk about spirituality, sexuality and self in a safe place.
2: Join The Junction on the first Sunday of every month from 3 to 5pm at 174 Collins Street in Melbourne. Come and hang out at the Veranda Cafe for an afternoon of music, coffee and making friends.
1: Oh yeah, and it's free!
2: For more information, visit csbc.org.au forward slash The Junction or join The Junction on Facebook.
1: Together, join 94.9 and our spirituality program, Spirit Lounge, Thursdays at 8, are proud to support this community message. (laughs) Join Living Positive Victoria and the Victorian AIDS Council for the International AIDS Candlelight Memorial on Sunday, 15th of May, 5pm at the City Square.
2: Be a part of a global mobilization to educate, engage and empower everyone around HIV.
3: To pause and remember the loss of
0: 35 million lives to AIDS. To reflect on how we support 36 million people living with HIV and AIDS.
2: To call on everyone to challenge HIV stigma and work towards a future free of HIV and AIDS. Hosted by
1: Joy's own Adam Samuel with keynote speech from Rowena Allen, Victorian Commissioner for Gender and Sexuality, HIV positive speakers and music by the Low Res Male Choir. Joy is proud to support this community message.
2: If you're 12 to 25, homeless or about to be homeless, perhaps because of issues of sexuality, then the Melbourne City Missions Front Yard Youth Services can help big time. Finding emergency accommodation, organizing Centrelink, getting a job, training or education, health problems, legal issues, even reconnecting with family. That's multiple youth services from one place. Melbourne City Missions Front Yard, 19 King Street, Melbourne. Call us 96112411. That's 2421. Hello, it's Roe Allen,
0: the Commissioner for Gender and Sexuality, and you're on the Spirit Lounge on Joy 94.9.
3: And we've been talking to Philip tonight about Lutheranism. So if you want to ask any questions, please, please SMS us on 0427JOY949, or you can email us at onair@joy.org.au, or of course contact us via the app. And we've just been talking about lots of different things in the Lutheran Church, and, and um, I was thinking... My very limited experience of Lutheranism is um two I've been to two different Lutheran churches for baptisms of my godsons. And um I can remember one was out in this wheat field, essentially. It was a brick church in a wheat field. We thought we were been sent up the garden path, but no that he went out so many miles and turned at this blue sign, and there it was and I can remember that service for it was really remarkable because I thought the minister really kept on track despite the fact a car alarm went off for the entire service just outside the building, um, and so he just kept going. The other one was in it was at another Lutheran church, and it 's memorable because it was absolutely freezing cold, but just thinking about the Lutheran Church like they 're quite two different examples can you explain a little bit about what's the Lutheran Church in terms of, as a worldwide, is it a global organisation or is it a, a loose collection? What's what's the structure?
2: Yeah, it's pretty loose partly because they keep fighting with each other. In fact, in Australia the Lutheran Church has had periods of being split apart and fragmented, periods of very public reunification um, and at the moment there is this real sense of the importance of unity at all costs. Um, there is a Lutheran Um, federation worldwide, um, of which Australia is problematically a kind of associate member, because being a member might um, push us a little too far towards communion with some of those radical Lutherans from other countries. (laughs) I'm not sure that there are even any other countries um, where the Lutherans are so sensitive about such things that they've invented a category associate member of the Lutheran World Federation. So, So
0: is that the Lutheran World Federation put Australia in that category or Australia requested that?
2: The Australians debated for years uh, ruthlessly about whether it was acceptable to join and so a compromise was reached.
0: So it sounds like the Australian Lutheran Church is an outlier. How's, how did this come about?
2: Uh, the the people who came to uh, South Australia and who ultimately settled in the Barossa Valley and other places really identified with their religion in a strong way. Um, and it's very understandable. They identified not only as Lutheran people, but people who had been persecuted for their particular expression of Christianity. And there's something about that perceived trauma, or indeed perceived trauma that becomes real, that has meant that Australian Lutherans have been defined by that early experience of not being part of what is global or what is ecumenical, as we discussed earlier. Um, And there's something in that founding myth of separation from what was being attempted in Europe that means that they are proudly separate, uh, somehow, to their core.
0: So this is um, this seems seems a bit familiar to me as an Anglican because you know we've also been having these discussions, especially about LGBTI people, and there's a growing number of local and national Anglican churches that don't want to be part of the Anglican Communion because they don't want to have these dialogues about about women and about LGBTI people. Is that is there a similar thing in the Lutheran world? Are there other Um, more conservative parts of the church that, that don't like where the rest of the church is going.
2: Definitely. But the odd thing about Protestants, Anglicans and Lutherans alike, is that the solution to that difference is so often fragmentation. That can probably be traced right back to the Protestant Reformation. But the idea that we could not contain diversity um is ultimately a difficult burden for protestantism um other expressions of christianity including roman catholicism are able it seems to contain within them space for the expression of diverse ideas about theology, even within a framework that from the outside can seem quite authoritarian and hierarchical in terms of the theology. What Lutherans in Australia have done historically is simply walk away from dialogue when the heat gets turned up too high. And so this rhetoric around unity often means to not speak about those topics that might be seen to literally divide us. And so some of the more interesting discussions and some of those differences that can be so uh, enjoyable and that we know about from within our own diverse community in terms of gender and sexuality are not even on the agenda because they're seen as too risky or too dangerous Mm -hmm. to to even debate.
1: That is Rex the dog, and that means that we've gotten a message through. So Rex is is our informer of messages. Um, We've gotten a message through from Neil saying, are gay staff and students safe in Lutheran schools?
2: That's a really interesting question that sadly I don't know the answer to. I know that in most states of Australia, there is uh, protection against discrimination um, on the basis of sexuality, Um, Don't quote me on that, though. Um, I am a gay teacher in an Anglican school, which is not quite the same thing. Um, So I don't speak with too much authority about that. Like with congregations, perhaps even more so, individual schools are very defined by the individual culture of that school. Um, And I am certain that there is um, a large and powerful number of gay, lesbian and bisexual, transgender and intersex people teaching in Lutheran schools um, and being fully welcomed into those communities. Whether that's officially okay uh, is probably a different but not necessarily totally relevant question.
1: So would Lutheran schools still fall under the same um, Australian Lutheran structure? So they still... report to the people at the top in Australia?
2: They do. But as an educator, I can uh, celebrate the fact that often there is really great thinking about community and theology being done in the educational parts of church structures that can ultimately feedback into theological discussion um, and that at the big meetings of the church it's often people who are in those spaces as principals and teachers including women who can often um, be the more interesting theologians within those environments.
0: But you wouldn't for example have a a female Lutheran chaplain because that wouldn't... Or or could there be a lay, could there be lay chaplains?
2: I'm sure there are lay chaplains, but yes, you're right. You would not have an ordained person. Um, My mother is actually a a principal of a Lutheran school. um, So I've I've got that sense that one way for Lutheran women um, to establish themselves as leaders, including theology, is within the school system that's growing uh, within the Lutheran Church of Australia.
0: So, did your mother become Lutheran when she married, or yes, is yes.
2: <laughs> she was. She was of that moment. Um, she didn't marry a Lutheran pastor, though, so don't blame her. That came after. Oh, right.
0: <laughs> so, what? Where do you think? Um, where do you think Australian Lutherans are now? I mean, do do you think that there is this there's there's conversations happening, but do you think that the, we're going to see change in? A few decades or, or longer or shorter?
2: I, I really think it depends what we're talking about. In terms of fully welcoming at the congregational level people who are queer, I think that that is happening more and more even as we speak just based on a kind of impatience mm-hmm. and, and a sense of reality check about what's going on in congregations. Um, any Protestant or Catholic Christian church In Australia is ultimately um, strongly engaged with its queer members. Um, But on those other questions of the official theology and ordination, I think things are moving really slowly. There's a real fear that still drives some of those discourses within my denomination.
0: And so does that mean that they're not, that the Lutheran Church of Australia is choosing not to participate in those international conversations with other Lutheran churches.
2: Essentially at the moment that does seem to be the case. Yeah. Have
0: has is the Lutheran church leadership here mostly from Australia or does it see many um, many leaders or many ministers coming from other Lutheran countries? It
2: is it is pretty local. It's mostly um, people from here. But I really think that the um, grassroots movement that led to things like that meeting in Adelaide that I was describing is where the more interesting things are going to be coming from within these discussions about sexuality. I'm impatient about the ordination of women and the full inclusion of diverse people within the church, but I'm heartened by the fact that groups are meeting and discussing things outside those official hierarchies of the church.
0: So is that is that something that's going to be repeated? Is this a an on, ongoing meeting that?
2: I hope so. Happen? There was a real sense of communion at the event. Yeah, it was a warm event, a positive event, and I'm sure there'll be other similar meetings and discussions that will make us all heartened and optimistic about the future.
0: You're on the Spirit Lounge on Joy 94.9, where we've been learning about Lutheranism, the and look the Lutheran Church in Australia and in other parts of the world, and some of the discussions that Lutherans are having now about the role of women and about the role of LGBTI people within the church. And the Bears are coming up to join us in the woods after nine o'clock. So it'll be a good night from me, Claudine.
1: Good night from Rachel.
3: Good night from Mark.
0: And many thanks to Philip for joining us tonight. And we've got another German song, quite a different one. Can you tell us a bit about 99 Luftballons.
2: I I think that even as you said that people knew which song we were going to play, 99 Luftballons, this great anti-war protest song by Nina, uh, will take us out. Thanks so much for having me.
1: That's right. It's been a pleasure having you on the Spirit Lounge on Joy 94.9. Thanks
0: for listening to another Joy podcast, brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au.